Lawin Media Network. Bringing to you the most relevant content across all platforms. Business. Legal. Politics. Health. Lifestyle. And entertainment. Your source for all the news and updates in the greater Houston community from Texas and all over the world. Get informed and empowered with Lawin Media Network. The following program is produced by Law & Media Network. The views and opinions expressed in this program are solely those of the individuals appearing on the show and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Law & Media Network, its affiliates, sponsors, or partners. The content provided in this program is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Law & Media Network does not guarantee the accuracy, completeness, or timeliness of the information. Prepare for an emotional roller coaster as you explore our Be Bold episode clips. Immerse yourself in the most unforgettable moments and enjoy hearty laughs with our collection of bloopers and highlights. Be Bold Why Not? Highlights and Bloopers I met my husband, I think it was back in, in I just graduated from college because that was like 1990s. I'm not going to give a clue how old I am, but anyhow, it was... 1990s I graduated from college I met him through his cousin and I met him he he lives in Mandaluyong city but it's outside of Mandaluyong okay not inside no, there's that? a joke in the Philippines about that how did you pronounce Mandaluyong Mandaluyong yeah. yeah Mandaluyong city that's okay. where I met him and then um it was actually like I don't know when you connect with a person you know like just not when you look straight in the eye, you feel something. <laughs> right? what, what do you feel, if I can know? <laughs> I don't know. Just my, my heart just... Love, 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 love. We are trying to really kind of get to know even more about ourselves because that's important. That's evolution. But mm -hmm. can I tell you something? I think relationship can be beautiful. But I do believe also the first relation that we have to always, always nurture, cultivate is the relationship that we have with ourselves. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Oh, I totally understand. Yeah, that I can relate. Just, you know how they say you have to love yourself first, right? Because if you love yourself, you have something to give. So you have to learn who you are. You have to really know your, your wants, your needs, your desires. Because based on those things, then you'll be able to realize or know what you want from other people too. So true. That's mm -hmm. right. So self-learn. It's very important. You learn yourself first, then you'll be able to create a better relationship with other people. Uh, but at what point in your life did you see, say that, oh, this is the person I'm going to marry? I, I remember my family used to say, you know, you always say you want to marry an African-American person. So I guess when I was very young, I even didn't remember that. And I got married with an African-American person. 
Um, so I think sometimes you have this kind of idea or ideal person, you know, and you, you're still working on that, you, you visualize, and then life brings you the person, because maybe you are creating that kind of also, you know, vision, energy, you know, all those things. So I think it was maybe like a 19 years old when I got married when I was 27. Mm -hmm. So um, I would tell you, I was never like a, I mean, going out with a lot of people, I used to have a lot of friends, a lot of friends, even until now. But again, you start really changing and becoming more attracted to the opposite sex. So then you start really see like, wow, there is attraction, you know? And then you start really see more that person, mm -hmm. you know, with your, with your heart, with your mind. But I will tell you something, it has to be a balance. Mm -hmm. Synchronicity. It's not just the mind, it's the heart, and even the spirit, because it's, it's the perfect balance now, I could the, mm -hmm. In the beginning of the relationship, it's knowing each other. It's a little bit of a challenge because we try to appear like we're good, right? Because we're trying to impress each other. So we're trying to behave the best that we can. I love what you say <laughs> because it's so true. It's true. We try to impress. Mm -hmm. And guess what I have found out? Mm -hmm. When you try to impress someone, you're losing your identity. Mm -hmm. Because there's going to be a point in where you cannot continue just saying yes to everything. Mm -hmm. So you become that person that become like a shadow without mm -hmm. even the intention. So it's very important, mm -hmm. you know, be yourself. Don't try to always please. Don't mm -hmm. try to always say yes because you know you're gonna be losing yourself in the middle of that kind of relationship. You don't even notice. Yeah, and that's very true. And it's not just when you are in a relationship like a man woman relationship that you have that kind of a challenge. Because even in like friendships, mm -hmm. sometimes you try to to please everybody just because you want to be accepted, you want to be in, you want to feel you belong, you want to. So you try to uh, to like uh, go with the flow, and you're losing your own identity. Yeah, just like, like what to, you said. I feel like to ask the others if they have any comments because maybe they related with this. You know, maybe you're in a relationship, so you're trying to please always your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Oh, and that's not, yeah, and that's not the way it should be, you know, because we have a, our own identity. Yeah, we I, should learn when to say no, when to say yes. What do you think are the biggest or most important things that you have learned from your parents growing up? Oh, yeah. That's a very good question. Yeah, let's go with... Jingle. You want to listen to me first, huh? So Mara, you go first. Marcus said you first. He's a gentleman. <laughs> um, I would say the biggest thing that I learned from both my mom and my dad was definitely like, I don't know, where, wherever I was with them, like it felt like home. Like if like it wasn't because I was away or just like just them in general, they feel like home to me. Like, I don't have to be home in order to feel like it is home because I'm with them. Like, they're very caring and stuff, so they bring home to wherever we are. And I just want to do that with, like, to my my future family, if I ever have one. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Marcus? For me, I mean, I'll say easy. It's, like, just been the sacrifices that my parents have made. I mean, to start with my mom, I mean, my mom came. So, you know, when my parents got divorced, I was in Mexico from two to five, and then I went back to the States. And my mom, you know, she left her, I mean, for her family's everything. And I mean, family, you know, including me, but also, you know, her relationship with her parents, her sisters, everything. 
Uh, you know, she left Mexico with two luggages. That's it. You know, barely any money. And, you know, she started her life for me here in Houston. Well, in Houston. And I remember specifically, like, uh, I had some friends from school and I wanted to, like, hang out, like, invite them to, to our, our new apartment stuff. And we didn't have any furniture. Like, we didn't have anything. Literally, it was just carpet, and that was it. And my mom was like, well, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? Da, 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 da. And literally, we had like, the best time. We enjoyed, like, you know, just playing in our company. I mean, uh, from everything, from, like, my mom said, you know, my training. I remember I used to be in band. I used to play the I remember once I had forgotten, like, some pants. that like, So it was, like, oh, you have to be in a uniform and stuff. And it was, like, literally, like, 30 minutes, 45 minutes to my show, and I didn't have my pants, and I was stressing. You know, what am I going to do? I'm going to get and my mom was like, don't worry, like, you know, she's always solved every problem. It's like, don't worry, we're gonna find a way. And like she like borrowed, she let me borrow some. I mean it looked a little funny, but I mean it was better than nothing, you know. So that and I mean same with my dad, you know, my dad, uh, you know, since I was a kid, I mean I, my dad played football, you know, I learned it from him. I went to play as a um, you know, I played at nine, I went to play younger, but he didn't let me till nine. But I mean he's always been my coach, you know. Uh my dream has always been, you know get a scholarship I didn't want to you know let my parents pay for school like it was like my dream as a kid and you know he led me to that dream to you know be able to do that for you know my mom and my dad so my dad was always on time to you know my practices he would come to my uh like in third fourth grade we would have lunch he would come to my uh, my school lunch eat with me I remember once he bought ice cream for my whole classroom I mean he would be at the the field days he would volunteer be chaperone I mean he he always had a really good relationship with me and it was nice, you know, so that's something I really, you know, look up to my parents and I really appreciate that because, I mean, for me to the person I am today. So, yeah. Wow, you are, we have very good answers. You two are just, so anyway, we thank you so much, Marcus and Mara. Thank you for the time. Thank you for Right? You have to pick your battle. Like, not every time that they make a mistake, you have to make it a big deal. That's true. That yes. Sometimes yes. you just have to really kind of say, okay, I was in your shoes, in his shoes, you know? Mm -hmm. So you cannot be like, uh, you ignore that fact because, again, it's about connection. It's about, you know, understanding his feelings, his emotion in this case, mm -hmm. you know, like he's now in 22 years old. I was in that, in his shoes. I was abroad also. I was in the same school. So I know mm -hmm. a lot of the journey that he's experiencing. Although, believe it or not, it's different the generations. Oh, yes, there's a big generation gap, but we just have to understand that as well, because I think a lot of times parents, they are so set on this is the right thing. It's like some parents like are black and white. I grew up like this, then you need to listen to me. But no, no, anymore. I don't yeah, not it. anymore. We got to adapt to the changes. We got to consider and respect the generation gap. Because the ways before may not work. Yeah, no. <laughs> they don't work now. But Absolutely. we just have to give credit for our kids too. Because it's not that they, they're not listening. It's not that they don't want to follow you. But look at what are their involvements they have. And, and, and it's like they're working so hard. And then we expect them to, to still do a lot of things outside of what they're doing. And it's like it's a pressure for them. So, but also, you know, yeah. I think you are guided all throughout by the school system or the education system. At the same time, of course, it's you. It's always going to be you who's going to determine or who's going to know what you really want in life. And as long I as you're following it, yeah. 
too. Yes, I think that's important to actually get to know yourself. Mm-hmm. Because once you start getting to know yourself, you want to see, I like singing, I like dancing, I like painting, I like mm-hmm. communications, I like to engage mm-hmm. with people, I like, to, you know, it's, a, it's more about get to know your skills, your mm-hmm. knowledge, what comes easy for you, what comes natural, because that's, that's uh, very important. That's going to give you a direction in your life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes many people also take, I mean, start starting any kind of career just because they have the pressure from parents. I believe that you have to listen to yourself. I, you mm-hmm. have to learn all to speak to them, you know, mm-hmm. because it is important. If you love arts and then they are asking you to go in medical school, it's mm-hmm. going to be a trouble. It's going to be a frustration. It's not going to yes. be something that you want to enjoy. So you have to be very, very bold to speak out, to really kind of have a, you know, I always say go and get a coffee with yourself. And that way you can suddenly know what are my skills, what are my, I mean, what do I love to do? What comes natural? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. That's very important because whatever is it is that you pick or you choose to do in your career, as long as you love what you're doing, it won't feel like a job. Yes, yes. And of course, as we grow up, we may end up into different careers. Like for me, I am a nurse by profession. But if you have that passion, I mean, never, ever give up. Always follow your dream because even though you end up to be in a different career, you still are living your passion. And that's what it is all about. Go after your dreams because that's how also you're going to know what you really want to become. In my situation, it may have been different because I had to give up my dream just to be able to help my family be becoming a nurse, but it doesn't mean that I gave up on it. I always had that desire in me, and then God knew that that's what I always wanted. So whatever God has started in you, he'll be very faithful to complete it. And now he's pouring in all the opportunities. Yes, and we actually have a question from the audience or from our viewers. It says there, what is the best advice you can give to seniors who are still looking what course they will take in college? What do you think, Atala? Well, I think that's a very good question. I think that they need to go back and just really see, like, what do I like to do? Do I like maths? Do I like maybe, you know, communications? Do I like maybe science? Based on what they like and enjoy Go ahead and start matching the class. That's you know, right. For- yeah. Yeah. They have to know, yeah, know your strength. Know your strength. And also, um, what kids now are doing, they take like general courses in the beginning of the college year or like the first or second up to second year of college, you just take general courses, right? And then then on you can figure out what you really want to specialize into or what yeah. course mm-hmm. you're actually gonna get. So it doesn't mean that when you don't know what you want to do yet while you're in senior high school, don't lose hope. I mean you're gonna learn it. You're gonna know it by the time you get to college. I because there are people out there that are late bloomers. Do you believe in that? Like, there are some that are late bloomers. They don't know what they want yet while in high school, but then they suddenly realize, oh, I I actually want to become this. I actually want to be a pilot, or I actually want to be, and as you said, just know your strength. 
What? Yes, and you know something else that I noticed because sometimes when I'm, you know, maybe listening or coaching a, I mean, maybe a teenager or a, I mean, a young adult, sometimes they have a lot of fears. Fears mm-hmm. of making a mistake. Guess what? We're human. We're all going to go through different journeys. We're going to learn from those mistakes. But don't try to be perfectionist, mm-hmm. you know, because that's where sometimes we are lacking that confidence. Mm-hmm. And I have seen that happen with a lot of young people. Mm-hmm. There is no perfection in life. This is a journey we are learning, right? But try to be very honest with what you really like and enjoy. And again, visualization is power. Yeah, and I can relate as a parent because I have two adult kids. So in the beginning, one of them didn't really know what he wanted to do, but he loves music. So he thought that he would go into a music degree. But along the way, I mean, he realized, oh, he wanted to do business. So don't worry. Our seniors out there, don't beat yourself up just because you don't know what you want to become when you are in senior. And I know there's that pressure because your peers and your friends already know what they want. But it's okay. It's okay because you will learn along the way what you really want. It will come to you as long as you listen. You listen to yourself. You listen to your skills. Retirement is like a, a new beginning, as you mentioned, totally. Mm-hmm. And it could be like a new adventure if mm-hmm. you think about it. Mm-hmm. But we need to consider also that sometimes we block opportunities because in those cases, we don't see clearly. At least I'm talking from experience, like, you know, mm-hmm. maybe people that I know, family members, and maybe they are between the 70-something, you know, people that they are even now 80, 82 years old, they lost a husband or they lose their wife. Or sometimes maybe they go through a lot of emotional challenges, you know, because mm-hmm. they are still losing friends. And that's also affecting what they want to do in life. Yeah, and also that at that retirement stage, you can have like a new purpose in life too. I mean, it's like now you have the time. If you have the resources, then you can now do whatever you've always wanted to do. Like continue a purpose-driven life. Because you have the luxury of time, and if you have the resources, then by all means, leave that. Because retirement is, we're getting close to the end of life, and we're all going to get there. But we got to enjoy that last part of our life, right? So we can say when we go, yes, I've lived a purposeful life. Have time to travel, travel. Don't wait until you become like, I'm going to be retired because later on, maybe you have the money, but you don't have your health. Yes. So do it when you are able to do it. Never wait until 10, 15 years because you never know how life will change. One of our questions will be, what are the most common challenges of retirement? And I think let's, let's dig deeper into the challenges of finances. Why do you think that? That is one of the most or actually strongest or heaviest challenge of being a retired person. Why do you think so? Uh, I think it would be there several factors, you know. Sometimes maybe it depends on your culture. Maybe you want to continue helping your kids, you know. Like I would tell you, Latin America, at least in Mexico, I mean, your kids can be 30, 40 years old and your parents, they will always support you no matter what. Mm-hmm. So maybe that would be one of the issues. Sometimes maybe it could be like, 
suddenly you start getting sick, you know, and you start having more appointments, doctor appointments or treatments, and maybe you don't have insurance. Many people go like that. My father got ill, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. He didn't have insurance, and we were going to doctors, appointments, mm -hmm. treatments, and that was very, very expensive. So many people don't have insurance. That would be a major, I mean, you know. Yeah, uh, it's one of the major challenges. Yes, and of course, definitely. it's basically because you work all your life, so you have income coming in every month, right? And then you suddenly stop working, so you lose your source of, of finances. So that could be too. And because maybe you did not prepare early for for retirement like you don't have enough savings you don't have enough in your retirement account and then things happen it's just like what atala had said as we get older we get more sick and there's medical bills there we have kids that we want to support and continue to support so that's where the challenge comes and then we have to hire caregivers to take care of us when we get sick. So, like, like you mentioned, yeah. that's very expensive. I have a very good mm -hmm. friend of mine. is 83 years old. She just recently had a surgery, um, knee surgery, and she told me that is amazing. You can spend thousands and thousands of dollars in, in daycare. I yes. mean, like, not daycare, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry what I'm thinking about. <laughs> like in assisted living yeah. or, you know. <laughs> Daycare. In nursing, yeah, yeah. In nursing. nursing home. Yes. Too, it's yeah. amazing. So a couple mm -hmm. of weeks, thousands of thousands of dollars. Think about mm -hmm. it. Yeah, and if you don't have enough money in your retirement, they say there's social security benefits. But we hear a lot. I mean, we hear a lot from people out there, even our own patients, that they cannot even retire because the social security benefits are not enough. They there's yeah, there's disability, there's social security. There's Medicaid, Medicaid for those that are of low income and mm -hmm. all that. But, I mean, it's not enough. And another also, comment. Washington, the Philippines, what are some key factors to consider when planning retirement? Hi, Cello. Shell. Oh, Shell. I, yeah, Shell the Seckle. All right. Well, I think we're going to actually get to that whenever, you know, we're the last segment of our show, we're going to give some solutions or ways how to cope with the challenges of retirement. But just to, you know, answer that quickly, I think it's important. It doesn't mean that retirement is like you only prepare when you're close to it. It's good to prepare for retirement early on. It's a journey. Yes, because it's a journey. It's like, it's not sad to like, I'm going to start when I'm this. The, the earlier you prepare for your retirement, the better you'll be. And you know, yes. you mentioned something uh, important. I think retirement is just preparation, not just financial preparation. Mm -hmm mentally emotionally mm -hmm. physically because mm -hmm. also you have to keep yourself busy and active in mm -hmm. that way when that moment comes you're going to be very i mean more prepared mm -hmm. that's right
But yeah, so um, Atala, I know um, you have experiences in this, but yeah, I, I, for myself, I know I'm, I mean, of course, I've been married for 25 years, and it's it's not perfect, as you said. You know, there's always going to be issues because you're right. I mean, there are two. We are two different individuals. We grew up from different families, and then you go into a boyfriend girlfriend relationship, and then during that phase of your relationship, normally you try to show your best self, right? But then once you get into living under under one roof that's when you get to know each other more and you get to know show all your flaws and everything and that's when some issues would come out or would but you know yeah I, let me just uh and i mm -hmm. i i'm sorry to just kind of go over like this but i think also is um you have to consider a lot of a lot of elements here Mm -hmm. For example, I will share in my case, it was more a cultural mm -hmm. differences. Some mm -hmm. people may not consider this, but sometimes you ignore because one of the things that I always say to people, you know, you can love mariachis and you can maybe love the Mexican food, but you may not understand the culture. So that's mm -hmm. two different things. Mm -hmm. Why the family is always together, you know, why you're always calling mom mm -hmm. and dad and they're always <laughs> talking to your family yes. even if you're in two different countries so mm -hmm. that's another different thing mm -hmm. i think maturity takes mm -hmm. place you know mm -hmm. understanding and i highly also uh, i mean i honestly right now understand that definitely you know how you were raised your values how uh, the family that you that you come from i mean mm -hmm. it's going to give you a lot of um input into your life you know for how do you face life your challenges everything so I think it's about getting to know, get to know more, not just your partner, but also mm -hmm. his culture, his uh, relationship with his family, you know, uh, that cultural sensitivity, which is very important, mm -hmm. very, very important, and you cannot ignore, especially if you are talking about a couple with different backgrounds, you know, different languages, but also like different ways of that they were, I mean, race. That's yeah. very important. Yeah, that is correct. And different personalities too. I mean, like... There's this maybe more giving person. This person is maybe a little bit more like stringent or selfish. I'm not saying, you know, that, but there could be a clash in personalities because you just are totally different people. And you're right, even families, like the extended family, sometimes other cultures cannot, you know, understand why you are so close to your family. Why do you have to? Even like in-laws, they come into the picture too sometimes. One of the issues, right? You know, there's a movie, Monster, is it Monster Outlaw or In-Law? Monster In-Law? Do you remember that movie? I don't yeah, know. When, when issues also arise from conflicts with their families. And I think that's also one you know, when common thing. share with you something that yeah. happened. I remember one time I was in Mexico mm -hmm. and I was with my family and my ex-husband came into the kitchen, you know, and we were just like, a, you know, we were like, oh, we help each other, right? Mm -hmm. And he was just watching to everybody, everybody you know, mm -hmm. and I said, come on, what are you doing? This is not my kitchen. So, yeah, we quick can go ahead and start just picking out the glass and putting it to the table. So that's just cultural sensitivity, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. but sometimes we don't, uh, we ignore that. And it could be something very simple, you know, mm -hmm. very simple. But when you start really adding it to, it can create a conflict. And mm -hmm. more if you don't have the maturity to understand those differences. 
So sometimes simple things can create really big things in life. And I, I think it's all about just to get to know more yourself and get start getting to know more the other person as well. Because you know, getting married is, is really a commitment. Yeah, it's a commitment for life. And it's like when you get into relationship, especially when you get married, I mean you you make a vow that you know the vow to in enriches or enrichness and it's how do you call it in death <laughs> illness in, illness enriches really and yeah I think what I what I noticed is it's communication. They're not understanding each other anymore, so they cannot fix it anymore because they mm -hmm. cannot understand. They they're trying, but it's you know because of lack of uh, understanding or the willingness to understand. You know, then it becomes un, un cannot it cannot be resolved anymore. Most common reasons why people get divorced. What can be communication, uh, finances, or what would be uh, maybe? Yeah, well, uh, there are a lot of reasons, but I think the most common one um, I already mentioned. We already mentioned it. The other partner is a narcissistic person, very controlling, very jealous. Think of his uh, he thinks of himself or herself as a superior partner, you know, so something like that. Um, and then um, the other one is financial. They have a lot of financial problems. Um, they're indebted. They don't know anymore how to resolve it. And then it end up, ends up, they argue a lot and fight a lot because of financial problems. And then the third, um, well, it's uh, the a third party is involved mm -hmm. and sometimes it's just one party but sometimes it's multiple parties um, and don't get me wrong they try to fix it they try to um, uh, change but mm -hmm. it just it keeps on going and going and the other partner is already tired and yeah. um, the other partner sees it sees it as a hopeless case anymore he's not he's not gonna change so she's not gonna change mm -hmm. what do you think um, could help couples that have separated like you help them be, bring the best out of their children despite that difficult situation i think that first of all they need to think not about themselves remember that when you go through a, a divorce separation you are acting based on your emotions so your emotions most of the time i'm from resentment you know like a lack of um, self-esteem, maybe fear, maybe frustration, all those emotions, they don't lead you to something positive in life, regardless what is the life transition. And I, I will tell you to look always what is the best for your kids as well. Try to keep in mind that we want to raise kids that they are as healthy as possible, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Right? Because that's important. We're raising kids. We're, we're shaping the life of somebody. So think about also, not just at the moment. I know that we, we react over everything. Can I tell you something? It's important to learn to respond. And when I say that, it's important to learn to respond actually using love, forgiveness, which is very fundamental. It's not easy, but it's a process. Uh, about truly the good things that are happening. You know, everything is 
wrong, right? You are actually having the opportunity to cultivate, you know, values, uh, principles in a person's life. So there is a lot of good things that are happening, and I do believe that we need to focus in what we can uh, not control, but what we can actually, um, how we can not, not control, I'm sorry, like, how do you want to see this little kid or little girl, you know, raising up, growing up? What are the values that you want to style in that person? What are the principles? What are the ideas, the behaviors? All those things are very important. That's what I it really helped me. And always try to have good conversations with your kids. They are very smart. I always have deep conversations with Marcus since he was little. You know, we have we probably have some issues. Of course, there are some issues or challenges going through that life after divorce. But what are the most common parenting issues that you have gone through while, you know, after you had your, you went through the divorce process? Can you tell us any I of your experiences? Yeah, I think for me it was more like, um, maybe sometimes uh, the desire, you know, about, you know, in your mind when you go through divorce, you're still wishing, you know, that, I mean, you want to see, you know, like your, your son or your daughter to be with mom and dad. So it's more like emotional uh, uh, healing that needs to take place, definitely. But at the same time, maybe in my case, was more like I'm not from this country, you know, I wish I could have my family with me, for example, right? Because it's like uh, I decided to move back to the United States. So again, now I'm not with my husband or my husband at that, I mean, my husband at that moment, my family is not here. So you're still really kind of repeating your life. And I think to me it was more about, again, like a acceptance, looking at the good things in life, being look like the, the opportunity that I was uh, having to, to raise my son, right? And also the blessing to see that everything was perfectly orchestrated. I cannot tell you how many times, just wake up in the morning, you know, my son has been always in the sport, um, taking to the school for me was very important. I mean, living in the place close to the school and then driving to work, everything was aligned, everything. When I needed something, a friend was there to help me out. So to me, it was more about, let me see how really I have something good to share. More than complaining about being very grateful. I am focused on the good things because the, the, the most difficult things are really about accepting that you are not married, that mom and dad are not in the same house, that maybe you have to take now one weekend, your son go with dad, or the weekend, uh, stay with me, you know? So it was more about that, at that point. A new life, a new way of living, and a new way of thinking. <laughs> You're a very selfless woman like you are selfless right you you care about not just about your son but other people of course most especially for your son so it's it's not easy for a lot of women out there i believe because as i said for those people or women that were in that relationship because they were dependent on the husband for so many things i think it was a 
bit different for them and it's a little bit difficult for them. But as I said, because you are you are driven, you are compassionate, you are selfless, and you think of your son, not just yourself, then that's what made you, you know, a very successful mom like what you are right now. Um, anyway, we have... A I wanted to say something with you, you know, that I think is important. Mm -hmm. At the moment that you teach your kids to, you know, to uh, be themselves, to look at the good things in life, to, to try to keep a balance, guess what? They also, they're going to be very unselfish. They're going to also, I remember one time, I always try to keep a balance, do things on my own, to go to the gym because he is always in the sport. So my mom also, you know, no has to, but I decide to also embrace like going to Zumba and do little things here and there for myself. He, one day I was like, I wanted to stay with you after work. I said, no, mom, you are important. Go to your Zumba classes. So it's very important because when I'm saying we're shaping the life of somebody, He's learning, she's learning from you. So it's very crucial. What are the tools, the skills, the gifts, the values, the principles that you want to cultivate in your children? Think about it. I wanna know, what about you? I mean, because we talked about, of course, uh, how how it affected uh, markets, uh, but what about you? Was it hard to let go? And then when did you come to to realize that, oh, like you're already free? Because, uh, of course, in the beginning, you, you still had to go through that process, right? The emotional process. But when did it come to a point where, like, I'm free and that you have fully accepted? And was it hard I, to let go? It was hard. Of course, it was hard. And I, I faced that when I was in Mexico because I just... Practically, uh, when I was going to divorce, it was a, again like a, you know, like a reaction. Went to Mexico and started my healing process. But when I came back to the United States, you know, I was always back and forth, back and forth for almost a year and a half, very often. But when I decided to move again back to the United States, that's why I started like, wow, this is reality. I'm not married anymore. I'm not in my house that I used to be. I'm not in the job that I used to have. So everything was different. And from there, it was like a, a, a waking moment, you know. Mm -hmm. I started really looking for things on my own. I started really like a, a stretching, you know. It was amazing, honestly, because if I'm telling you how many things I did, you will not believe it. Mm -hmm. I was just like, a, you know, when you are so eager to make things happen, which I think is one of the most beautiful stages, honestly, too, because you are not in your comfort zone. You have to move. You have to make take action. You have to be creative. You have to, uh, you know, ask for um, um, and you need you need to find answers. Period. So I think was after moving back to the United States, it hit me because I was living so close to what I used to live before, and I did it on purpose. That way, my son could go back to his house, and it was a challenge for me. Yes, it really was, you know. A lot of emotions came back, uh, a lot of uh, mixed feelings as well. And sometimes I was like, wow, I couldn't, I can understand why I'm ending in this situation. But I always have this kind of strong faith.
what is estate and what do we why do we plan it <laughs> what is estate planning no, 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 actually good question i love that question what is estate and why do we plan for that you say essay we're talking about what what comes into your mind mine is like land and uh, property houses yes you're right assets you know um that's your estate. That's why when somebody passed away, we settled the estate. That's what we do when we do probate. We settle the estate because the estate is what you left for your loved ones. So while you're alive, you're accumulating this estate. Why we say estate planning? Why? Mm -hmm. Well, because mainly the reason why you're doing the planning is you're thinking about what will happen when you pass away. Most likely, right? I mean, we all pass away someday. I know. It's just a matter of when. Hopefully not too soon because we want to enjoy it. Drive safe, eat healthy, go to the gym. Yeah, you have to want it to have it, right? Because if you don't want it, it's, it won't come to you. It's like your dream. You have a dream, but you're not doing anything. To go after your dream you have to chase your dream right so you have to have that want you have to have that desire to want something so you can grow that you know people encounter you know some some gaps or like that things that stop them and I think every yeah, <laughs> we, all, yeah we all do that's right there are things that stop us from wanting to grow and you know some few things that I can think of that actually John Maxwell shares in his book, The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth, is like the assumption gap. We assume that grow, that we just grow automatically. But naturally, you know, I see yeah. that for that to happen, you have not just to be intentional, you mm -hmm. have to also uh, pause sometimes because think about it, when could you grow the most? If I, if I am seeing myself, I grow the most when something is happening, something that is uncomfortable, something like a light mm -hmm. transition just hit me, and you go through the process, but then you start really saying, wow, I want to learn something from this. In that way, it's not just intentionally what is happening to, into, your, into your life, but you are intentionally deciding, deciding to grow. We don't know how to grow. So it's like there's a knowledge gap in there. Yes. Yeah, because we don't take the initiative on the things that we want, that we need to learn for us to grow. So we lack the knowledge. Like for example, yeah. like anything in life, you know, like when some people say, you know, I wanted to, I don't know, start a business or maybe lose weight or whatever it is, you need to be intentional. What do I really want? Mm -hmm. And how much do I want? You know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's about also when you're talking about the knowledge. Yeah, you have to find resources. You have mm -hmm. to find maybe mentors, coaches, people who knows already the way, mm -hmm. and that you can actually connect with those people because they already experience, you know, yeah, their growth, and yeah. also they can be a good uh, um, guidance in your life. Mm -hmm. And we all need those people also. That's right. That's that's why they call it knowledge is power. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. For us to be able to grow, we must know ourselves first, right? Because how can we grow if we don't know where we're at? How can we go or how do we know where we want to be if we don't even know where actually where we're at? So the law of awareness is also very crucial and important 
in our personal growth. We have to know our strengths, right? interests, mm-hmm. our weaknesses, talents too. Talents, that's right. And the opportunities that are surrounding us. And you know, one thing that defies those, mm-hmm. cultivate them, because mm-hmm. it's very important. Many times I was the other day talking with somebody has a lot of a lot of talents and gifts and all these things. Please make a list of all those things because they are inside of you. They are not outside. List them, choose them, read them, own them. Because in that way your self-esteem is gonna grow and also you are gonna start taking action. That's that was very crucial for her. She said, wow, she did it over and over and now her self-esteem is going up, but also she knows more her value. She become aware about who she is. That's right. And one thing that you can actually do is to list. Mm-hmm. Make a list of your strengths, of your weaknesses, of your interests, and the opportunities that surround you, and your talents. And you can rank them. Right? That's very powerful. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah. That you list something, that you write yeah. something, you know, that message goes straight to your brain. You start really kind of connecting mm-hmm. with I mean, that uh, affirmations, statements, you know, and you should really own them. Mm-hmm. That's important too. You become aware about, hey, who you I are. I'm a great person. Hey, I am, you know, all mm-hmm. these things that sometimes we ignore very easily. Yeah, especially if we, we all we think of ourselves sometimes is, is negative because we listen to the negative talks or we listen to the environment or to the people that actually just want to put us down mm-hmm. and that that actually puts us down and like like diminishes the value of ourselves and we tend to allow people to do that but if you you yourself know who really you are I mean you who you really are then no matter what people say about you you're not going to listen to them Explore another very important law. Mm-hmm. It's called the law the of mirror. Yes, the law of mirror. Okay, so mirror, mirror on the wall. How is the prettiest of them all? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not what it says. But, but yeah, relation. yeah, a little bit. That. That's right. So it says that for the law of the mirror, you must see value in yourself and add value to yourself. And I yeah. Think you know, mm-hmm. if I think about it, uh, the other day I was doing a session and I asked this person, please go to yourself in the mirror mm-hmm. and tell me what you see. And that's so interesting because sometimes we don't see the value again. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. easy to see all the imperfections and then you take away your own beauty. <laughs> yes. Nobody's taking away your beauty. You are <laughs> taking away your beauty. So that's important. When you see yourself in the mirror, go and appreciate even your yeah. gray hair, because mm-hmm. that's wisdom, mm-hmm. right? I mean, try to see the goodness in you. Try to mm-hmm. go to your heart, not just what is outside. Yes. That's, that's going to change the relationship that you have built with your own self. Yes. And important, because when we look at ourselves in the mirror, you have to accept who you see, mm-hmm. right? And love who, love, who yeah. If you accept yourself as you see yourself in the mirror without anything and with all the impurities that we may have, because everybody does have impurities, I right? Am, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, some people think they don't, but anyway, <laughs> that's true. No, anyway, no, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh yeah, if you love and accept yourself, you value yourself, add value to yourself, then it in it, it gives you, you yeah, it changes everything about you. Yes. yes. Like for example, think about it. No, you are raising kids, for example, mm -hmm. and then you start looking at yourself with this kind of oh, criticism. Your kids are learning from you too. So mm -hmm. you are teaching them without even the intention to look mm -hmm. at the wrong things in them. Mm -hmm. So that self-esteem needs to build since you are little. Right? In that way, it could be easier to appreciate who you are, the beauty that you have. It would be even better and, and, simple, I mean, and easier to talk good about yourself. That inner dialogue will be more constructive. Mm -hmm. So that's what is important, this law, I think. Very yes. powerful if you think about it. It is, because especially, you know, if you, whatever value you put in yourself, that's how people will actually put value on you. They're not going to raise your value. If you feel, if you look at yourself as someone who's nothing, then they're going to look at you as nothing. What is my highest high? What is the moment in your life when you just felt so good and that you think that you have achieved so much and if those moments in your life give you positive reinforcement then keep doing those what makes you happy what gives you joy when whatever you're doing that no matter what that your day is going if you just think of that that it gives it turns your day into a positive one so what is your highest high um to me, for me, I think my, my family is my highest high because whatever I'm going through all my life, as long as I know my family are okay, then I'm okay. So because they are the most important, it's my, they're my biggest success that they are the, the, you know, whatever you value, as they say, is where your riches are, right? So to me, it's my family. So that's my biggest high. And then, of course, you can also ask yourself, what is my lowest low? Have you gone through a, the deepest pit in your life? What is that thing that's giving you or stopping you from, from being the better version of yourself? Have you been to that moment when you just feel like the world is just against you? And if you have that and you realize how tough it is, then... You just surrender and then just say that I can do this. I, I can do this with my strength. I can do this because I have the power and I have the will to get better through the situation, right? So of course, um, waiting is like it's just an excuse. So being consistent is actually not just about discipline but actually being productive, right? Because that's the, that's the product of being consistent is like you're actually getting into something. You're getting something done. You're achieving the goal. And you go beyond achieving the goal. Even when you already have achieved the goal, you still continue to grow. You still continue to work for whatever you want to achieve in life, right? So, I think it's like develop a muscle, you know, like mm -hmm. we're still exercising, going to the gym, and then you don't see any changes and suddenly you see that your body is changing completely. But you are not changing your body physically. You are changing your mindset. Mm -hmm. So that's a very different thing. When we try to, to change a habit like no procrastination or, you know, discipline, for example, 
it's really about more like a mindset skill that we need to develop and we have to take place at a conscious level once again because whatever we're doing we're in the subconscious so it's very easy to break our own rules very easily self-sabotage you know inner dialogue criticism all the things take away they're like a minus and plus they are totally in the minus column so i believe it's about more about self-discovery self-reflection and it's all a very inner work uh, that is available to all of us, but not everybody wants to take advantage of. Yeah, and, and that's the power of, of consistency too, is as you said, it's like building a muscle. And you know, we have memory muscle in everything that we do, so you, like habit. They say, right, it takes 21 days to develop a good habit. <laughs> and it's, yeah, and it takes that long also to develop a bad habit. And the, and the, I don't know, but it's so hard because it's hard to break a bad habit, right? So that's very, it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of discipline. So it's really important that we have to follow the law of consistency for us to be able to continue to grow. Because otherwise, if we don't reflect on the things that we are currently having in our lives, if we don't reflect on what our strengths and weaknesses are and what the things that we want to improve on ourselves, if we don't reflect on those things that can actually make our situation better and can give us growth and in a very positive way, if we don't try to be consistent with our actions, then we're stopping to become the better person that we are. We're actually slowing our growth. But if we try to do those things and follow these different laws that we are actually trying to help you with, then we are going to help ourselves flourish. We're going to grow beyond yeah. our expectations. 